Hey, Enneagram friend, this is Abby Rodriguez, your certified and IEA accredited Enneagram teacher and coach. In this space, I'll give you a sneak peek into real live coaching sessions and teach you how to apply the wisdom of the Enneagram into your life for personal growth. The invitation each episode is to take on a posture of curiosity, curiosity about yourself and others, so that you can shift from merely surviving to fully thriving in your everyday life. Visit my website at abbyrodriguez.com and listen into this episode to learn more. In our previous coaching episode with our lovely Enneagram One, uh, she reflects on the experience of the inner critic and how that shows up in her experience. So today's episode, we are going to talk a little bit more about the inner critic, how to balance it out and kind of turn down the volume on the inner critic as really a teaching episode uh, that coincides with our previous coaching conversation. So for those of you that are maybe not as familiar with the Enneagram, uh, the inner critic is a really significant aspect of the type one structure. You know, it can be an audible voice. It can be your own voice, a voice of someone you recognize, like maybe your parents or a coach or teacher, but it doesn't always have to be. Sometimes that is more of a um, abstract feeling when people talk about their inner critic. It's just a feeling of guilt or a feeling of shoulds and oughts. So let's talk through some helpful practices for those of you that lead with type one, or maybe you are in relationship with someone that's a one, and, and these are some helpful things to be compassionate about their experience. So the first practice that I would offer for those of you uh, that lead with type one and have this inner critic aspect, it's really helpful to name the inner critic. So I mean that in a couple of different ways. First, to actually give it a name. So if there's a voice to it that reminds you of a name, um, you know, in in our coaching conversation, she had named her inner critic Cruella. Uh, So there's a name that you can give the inner critic that's really helpful. Uh, If it feels like it's more of an abstract feeling, uh, still trying to give it a name. And the reason for that is to be able to bring some attention to when the inner critic is sounding. And that's the other part of naming it that I mean is name that you hear it. Name what it is saying to you. Name the feeling of uh, guilt or the shoulds and oughts that it is communicating to you. And it's really helpful to name it so that you can separate your own thoughts and feelings from the inner critic. You know, one of the things that often happens for those that are uh, Enneagram Ones is that they believe that the inner critic is just their inner dialogue. It's just their train of thought. It's just their conscience. But the reality is it's, it is a significant aspect of your type one structure, which is a part of you, yes, but it is not the entirety of who you are. And so if you can name the inner critic, it's really helpful in kind of separating yourself from it because your personal thoughts, your personal feelings, your personal wants and needs are separate from the inner critic. And so if you can give it a name, you know, a nickname for it, um, that's helpful. But then also naming, I, you know, I hear what you're saying. I hear what is what the shoulds and oughts are so that you can separate it from what your internal dialogue and your thoughts and feelings actually are and what's the inner critic. And so if you can recognize the voice of the inner critic and articulate what it's communicating, that's really helpful too because often the standards, the shoulds and oughts that it's communicating, they're not realistic. 
And so if you can take a moment when you acknowledge you're feeling burdened or weighed down or uh, heavy or angry from this dialogue with the inner critic, name out loud, okay, I feel guilty. Why? What is the standard that my inner critic is holding me to that I'm failing, you know, that I'm feeling this field of guilt from? Um, and, and so now I'm obviously failing. That's why I feel guilty. Sometimes even just naming what that standard is can help you uh, dissolve the standard. Because when you hear it out loud, you know, the standard is I should never need to rest or I should never take time for myself or I can't rest or play until I get everything done. Some of those things, if you hear them out loud, you realize it's just not realistic. You know, it's not realistic for humans to hold themselves to those standards. Um, That's not realistic. If that feels really hard for you, if you you know, say the things from the inner critic out loud and you hear that and you think like, nope, I should still be doing that. The encouragement is, would you hold your friends to those same standards? You know, if you're sitting down with your friend and they're really struggling with these shoulds and oughts of needing rest and needing play and needing some help in their life, would you should back on them of like, no, you should not need rest. You should not need play. Um, Likely that's not how you would respond to them. Sometimes that's a helpful trick of how we would be compassionate to our friends, uh, offering that compassion to ourselves. And so if the standard that the inner critic, as you hear it communicating, is not actually realistic, stating that, you know, stating that's not realistic. You could even talk back to your inner critic of, you know, I hear you, Corella, but I don't need your input right now. Or I have time for rest. I have time to socialize. I have time for this. Um, you know, thank you for your input, but I don't need it right now. Sometimes even that is just helpful to separate yourself from it. And In this process, as you're noticing and naming these standards, you're seeing that some of them are not realistic to be compassionate towards yourself. Because the problem is if you notice the internal critic and then you shame yourself for uh, having that feeling or having these standards or being critical of yourself or critical of others, if your inner critic is kind of looking out to others, Um, you're just using your type one structure to reinforce your type one structure, right? You're uh, trying to control these elements of your type one structure, which is just your Enneagram type coming into play even more. You know, uh, Susan Sibiel makes the comment of you're using your personality to fix your personality and it just doesn't work. So in that, these observations we have um, they're non-judgmental. You know, we notice it. We uh, have awareness to it and we're compassionate towards ourselves when we see these things, when we uh, hear this inner critic. The other thing that's really helpful with the inner critic um, as another practice is to name the emotions that are tied to these moments with the inner critic. You know, if you're angry, give yourself some space to be angry. You know, for the type one, uh, those that lead with type one, there's often these synonyms that we use for anger, like being frustrated, irritated, ticked off. That's my pet peeve. We use all these synonyms, but that's all anger. Those are just different ways of saying it. And for some Enneagram ones, there is it's an easier access to anger. They feel comfortable naming when they're angry. For others, especially based off of your subtype, it's not as easy to name it. And so we use all these different versions. No, with, no matter what, if it's easy or it's more difficult and we use those synonyms for anger, 
giving yourself some space to name that anger. When you are frustrated that no one else is being responsible, when you are irritated that no one is doing things right, those are all moments of anger. And so giving yourself some space to process that emotion so that it's not constricted. You know, what happens in the type one structure, um, and it's really part of being the, um, you know, emotional uh, competency group with harmonic groups. So lumped in there with ones, threes, and fives, there's kind of this constriction of emotion. We just kind of clamp down on it oftentimes, you know, and you hear this in the coaching session, but there's this somatic element of how you feel it physically in your body. And it becomes this tightness in your throat or this rigidity in your jawline. Um, you know, a lot of times ones have uh, trouble with grinding their teeth or uh, just this element of, and it's really you're holding and constraining emotions and your physical, and it shows up in your physical felt sense. And so in that, I'm naming the emotion so that you can give yourself some space to process it. So taking a deep breath, acknowledging, you know what? I'm just really angry right now. There's a lot going on. There's a lot that's expected of me. There's a lot that needs to get done. It feels really hard to ask for help. I wish others were offering help without me having to ask, right? So whatever it is that's causing you to feel angry, but just to name it, to name it out loud, um, I feel angry. And that is to give yourself some space to feel it because we don't process emotions unless we feel it. We just constrain it and it just gets shoved into our subconscious and it's kind of this raw emotion that uh, often will just come out sideways because you do, you pressure cooker it, you know, you just keep shoving it down and down and down and then eventually it comes out sideways either in your physical felt sense when you start to have these chronic health issues um, or it comes out on the last person that ticks you off and they're kind of the unsuspected victim that was the, the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak. And so giving yourself some space to process it. If that feels impossible, uh, that resource that I offered in the coaching session is a really helpful resource on Insight Timer. If you're not on Insight Timer, please go get on Insight Timer. There's tons of free meditations. Um, and also just if you practice contemplative practices, there's a timer with gongs on there, which is what I like because um, I don't own a gong. Um, but on there, I have a recorded meditation called the Welcoming Prayer that just gives you some space to feel your emotions and to process them um, so that they are not constrained and, and get held into our um, into that experience and kind of unprocessed, right? We just shove it down uh, thinking that it's not appropriate to be anger, angry or we don't have time to process it. So giving yourself some space to process it. Also, as you hear the inner critic, letting that be some awareness that maybe you need to slow down and check in with yourself. You know, when these um, moments of feeling really judgmental about yourself or your outside experience come up, Often these are some of these unresolved emotions of anger kind of bubbling to the surface. And if you don't allow yourself to process that and experience that, whether that's the anger in the current moment or even anger um, from this past week or month or year, it turns into resentment. You know, it has to go somewhere. And so it's almost like it just boils and boils and boils until sometimes it's a subconscious resentment that is hard to even articulate out loud. And especially um, for uh, the type structure of wanting to be good, often it feels wrong 
to be resentful for towards others or to even hate others for all these moments of anger that have built up that we haven't resolved. And so then we just use our type to fix our type and we just buckle down and constrain it even more. Um, and really the defense me- mechanism of reaction formation, that's that's what comes up in there of you're feeling one way and you choose to act the other um, because we it just feels hard to acknowledge the messy, raw emotions of, of being angry. And so naming that anger, naming whatever emotion is tied to that internal critic for you and giving yourself some space to process it. Um, and again, if that feels really challenging, that resource on Insight Timer, also my uh, growth and self self-care workshop series that I offer virtually. That's a lot of what we talk about of um, how to process our emotions, what our natural response is to stress and how to better manage that. And so it kind of all falls into that, that category. So the last thing I'll offer for our type ones, and and honestly, for all of us as we're navigating, uh, trying to process our emotions, this isn't particularly easy for any of the types, if I'm being honest, Um, but to give yourself some space to pause and to reset. Um, And you even hear this in that that previous coaching session of just, you know, offering, uh, she talks about this kindness to her kiddos of like, hey, what's going on? Feels like we started this day not very well. Like what's happening for us? And offering that same kindness to yourself of like, hey, (laughs) we're not doing so well today. What's going on? What's happening? Can we just take a few deep breaths? Can we go take a walk? Um, Can we sit on our front porch and engage all five senses and and come back into ourselves, come back into the present actual moment, not the to-do list, not how everyone is doing and what they all need, uh, but just to be uh, present in the moment. Uh, engaging your five senses is a really helpful way to do that. I also often offer for uh, type ones, you know, sometimes even having these small mantras or um, breath prayers uh, can be really helpful to just bring yourself back to the present moment. And so for ones, a really good mantra or um, breath prayer is, you know, as you breathe in to internally recite, God made me whole. And as you breathe out, to expel this lie, my inner critic doesn't define me. Um, And so as you go through, just offering yourself this kindness of a moment to pause and uh, to come back into the present moment. So I hope that's helpful as you think about how do we navigate this inner critic, whether that's for yourself or those that you love as you're supporting them in their personal growth. Um, And I hope that you'll join me next time for our, our teaching time after our coaching sessions. Hey, Enneagram friend, are you interested in learning more about how to use the Enneagram in your everyday life? I'd love for you to join one of the upcoming workshop series that I hold over Zoom. If you're new to the Enneagram, join the Enneagram Foundation series. It's helpful in learning foundational knowledge to use the Enneagram, but also to help you clarify your type if you're still discerning. If you are finding yourself in a season of being stressed or exhausted or maybe overwhelmed, join the Growth and Self-Care series. In that series, we learn more about your natural stress response, how to better manage it, and also how to incorporate mindfulness practices to be more balanced in our responses. Or if you're just trying to do relationships better, better understand your spouse, your mother-in-law, your coworkers, or really any relationship in your life, Join the Enneagram and Relationships Workshop Series. 
all of these series are coming up this season and there's always new groups for forming. Uh, the groups are limited to 15 participants because they're interactive and discussion based so you can truly learn the system and learn how to apply it in your everyday life. The workshop series fill up quickly. So register now at abbyrodriguez.com backslash Enneagram dash sessions. I'll see you there.